Hi, hello, and welcome to the rbr.music podcast. My name is Steve Curley, and as always, I'm joined by the creator of the rbr.music Instagram page, Jordan Murray. Hello. Hello. Each episode, in true RBR fashion, we're bringing you classic and new reviews of music documentaries. It's our mission to cut through the noise to discuss the sound and vision. On the rbr.music radar this episode, we're going to be discussing Beware of Mr. Baker. Over to you, George. Beware of Mr. Baker. A refreshing aspect of this film about Ginger Baker, the legendary rock and jazz drummer and former smackhead given to smacking people in the head. Can you see what I did there? Is that it? Thank you very much. Is that it doesn't mention the phrase national treasure. This status is traditionally used on England's ageing rebels whose cantankerous reactionary tendencies are thought to be picturesque. However, it is perhaps worrying that the chief character witness for Baker, produced in the opening few minutes, is the pop-eyed John Linden. Is that how you say his name? John from the Sex Pistols? John Lydon? I think it's John Lydon. John Lydon, who recently distinguished himself by telling a woman interviewer, when a man is talking, you do not interrupt. So, from the outset, we've got a complete arsehole. Probably music's angriest old man, Baker gives the American journalist and filmmaker Jay Bulger pure film gold that Bulger uses at the beginning and end of his documentary by getting furious on discovering that people other than him were to be interviewed and actually whacking Bulger in the face with his cane. Thank heaven the director didn't raise the other very English subject with him, anti-ginger prejudice. He could have found himself being buried in some corner of the gated South African compound where Bacon now lives with his fourth wife and where Bulger correctly notes that the country's laws are unenforceable. Baker was the brutally brilliant drummer who became the percussive wild man with Cream, alongside Eric Clapton and Jack Bruce, and other bands such as Blind Faith. He also has a genuine claim to be the first Western musician to investigate and popularise African music setting up a short-lived recording studio in Lagos, Nigeria, in the early 1970s, making music with the legendary Felakuti, and bizarrely acquiring a rich man's taste for polo. He was apparently cheerfully indifferent to the city's scurry reputation until he was effectively chased out of the country by some heavy characters. After stints in Italy and United States... Mr. Baker has wound up in South Africa, where he has blown all the cash he got for the 2005 Albert Hall Cream reunion on a string of polo horses and grumpily complains that he is now broke. Sitting plumply in a recliner, Baker gives Bulger his audience cross and obnoxious throughout, often denouncing his interviewer as a dickhead. 
and wearing dark glasses. Some earlier interview footage shows Baker with a faster, lighter voice. Now it is slowed and deepened into a resentful groan. Baker grew up during the Second World War and took to heart a letter left for him when he was 14 by his late father. Use your fists, they are your best pals. This he did, but Bulger's film shows how his aggression was poured out onto the drum kit with temper and talent and a sense of what Baker doesn't call rhythm but calls time. Baker became acquainted with the soon-to-be big names of the 1960s, but becomes noticeably nettled when Bulger asks about them. The thoughts of Mick Jagger makes him seethe. I thought, who is this stupid little cunt? I terrified the shit out of him. Later, he would punch cream bassist Bruce on stage out of pure fanatical dislike. The film's best moment is something that goes beyond anything in This Is Spinal Tap. When poor Steve Winwood was forming the band that was to become Blind Faith, Ginger simply showed up, uninvited, for the first at the first meeting and asked when they were starting. Out of embarrassment and fear, they had to let Ginger be the drummer. He rattled on from band to band, indulging in hookers and groupies on the road and leaving wife and children behind to deal with heartbreak and bankruptcy. Bulger has access to a treasure trove of black and white photographs, which he digitally tweaks and manipulates. He interviews plenty of other musicians that saw point, including a comfy cardigan Clapton. Everyone is pretty clear that Baker is way better as a drummer than men such as John Bonham and Keith Moon. But the star interviewee, Baker, is, to quote Andrew O'Hagan's phrase, as English as two weeks in Essex, in his sun-baked, ill-tempered exile, he looks like a forgotten member of the great train robbers, or a lost piranha. Also, as an intense younger man, Baker had a, a touch of Will's self. No one said he had to be nice. He's not. And there's no heartwarming reconciliation on the cards between Baker and his grown-up son, who is also a drummer. But when we are always being told that books and movies have to have sympathetic lead characters, well, here's a documentary that does very well without one. So, the you bloody well have it. So, after me rattling on about the movie, the documentary, a bit that really stuck out to me is when his father, which I pointed out just before, his father wrote him a letter. His father died in the um, Second World War, but left him a note saying, use your fists, they are your best pals. And what's that movie where it's it's a comedy movie with Will Ferrell and it's Shake and Bake time? If you're not second, if you're not first, you're last. Do you remember, do you remember that? Yeah. And the dad said, and in the movie, he meets up with his dad and Will Ferrell, and the, his dad goes, "Did I say that? I must have been drunk." It's like 
use your fists, they are your best pals. It, it's like something a really young man, like the father doesn't even know much, but Ginger Baker has taken this as gospel and he's lived by it throughout his entire life, uh, which I think is sad yet comical. Um, but, well, yeah. I'm very impressed you managed to get Talladega Nights um, segued into a discussion I every time I've watched that documentary, I always think that and giggle to myself. Um, but I don't you think that's kind of true? Like you can relate to that. Not you can't relate to it, but you know what I mean. You can you can see the likeness there. It's just someone's probably half pissed, written a note saying, "Use your fists; they are your best pals." And he's completely lived his life obeying that I think sentence. Only, I think. Only a man of Ginger Baker's sort of era of birth, like uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think many people born. (laughs) I'm not sure many people, but yeah, I I think it's it's quite generational to sort of be so one dimensional (laughs) with a viewpoint towards life and then literally take it on. I think. But if that, if that, um, if that photograph or is true on the note, there's basically nothing written in that note except there's about three sentences and it says, <laughs> the last sentence is use your fists. I mean, it could be, um, yeah. you know, something done for editing purposes, but I did think that was hilarious. But anyway, so there you go. That was... Um, my feelings on the movie. So, I back in the de- well, I was sitting. There, I wasn't born when Cream came out or anything like that. But I was listening to Led Zeppelin and I was listening to the Who and sort of stadium rock, heavy rock for for that sort of time. And my dad was always go on saying, "You need to listen to Cream. You need to listen to Cream. Uh, you need to put some Cream on." So. I know they're massive bands and people love them. I put Cream on and yeah, they've done a few good songs. I appreciate what they've done. But I think I prefer Eric Clapton without Cream and I like Ginger Baker's drumming. I like what he did in Air Force One, Ginger Baker's Air Force One. Um, But the reason I wanted us to watch this documentary wasn't about cream really it was more about the man himself ginger baker because i put out a video a reel should i say let's get down with the kids a reel on instagram with ginger baker playing the drums uh and it went yeah i got a lot of views like three hundred and thirty-three thousand something views so I was kept on getting alerts that people are liking it and commenting on it. And they were talking about how much of a nasty bastard he was, um, but how talented he was, and people were debating about who was the better drummer and blah, blah. And then I remembered this documentary that I've seen before, but um, I thought it's really worth a watch. So, (laughs) So we watched it, so here we are. I think his drumming... 
I like his fella cootie stuff when he goes to Africa and I like the way he talks about he was doing heroin to improve his drumming. Whether that's true or not is a different matter. He's saying all jazz drummers were doing it and he was kind of swept off his feet um, and started doing it just to get his time right and stuff. But in hindsight, you could just make up anything to make it sound like I was doing it for a reason. Do you know what I mean? Like, you could have just been doing it for all I know. But anyway, um, so what What are your thoughts on Ginger Baker? N- not the, on, the, on, the, on the documentary, I mean, beware um, of Mr. Baker. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a funny one for me because I... I think I always have an element of struggle with an individual when they're clearly talented, they're clearly... I mean, everyone in the documentary talks about his musicality beyond anyone else, really, when it comes to drumming. Um, And I said this before when we were just sort of preambling. I always try and take these documentaries into, like, the story and the filmmaking, the narrative versus the filmmaking. Do they meet? Are they separate? Do they work well together? And you mentioned bits of like filmmaking gold and there are some real nuggets that have been given to the filmmaker uh, from Ginger because his behaviour throughout the whole documentary is quite belligerent and antagonistic and sort of constantly on an edge, isn't it? I mean, you couldn't sit in a room with him longer than an hour because I think you just think you were going to be either beaten up or or you'd end up, you know, mm. beating He's a very vicious, just unpleasant man. So hard like, to he's obviously getting paid for the documentary. And a lot of people would want to be shown in the best light. And he, I mean, it is kind of punk rock, I suppose, in start. Well, not, he's not punk rock, but um, yeah. like his, his attitude yeah. is just fuck off. And it's like, we just want to get to know you, Ginger, Mr. Baker. I think, I think what it is, it, well, why would you do a documentary and then sort of adversely fight against revealing bits of your story? I mean, you know, look, anyone with half a brain realises when you're telling a narrative and story of, you know, someone's life, someone's situation whatever it may be you've got to narrate it you can't just go you almost did the like i think most of the most of the documentary is about it's not it is about his life but it's not it's more about how he's wound up a complete and utter mess but we have to like i i knew who ginger baker was i didn't really know much about ginger baker so then this was kind of an education piece for me as it would be for quite a lot of people because even though I think generally musos and peripheral musos will be aware of Ginger Baker, I think, I mean, my dad was massive into cream. He, he, he would be, and like your dad, very aware of who Ginger Baker was and his behaviour. Yeah, yeah. um, but, but you know, we're a generational shift from his era. Not that that makes a difference, but, we you know, we weren't around it but per se. Um, and I just, I, I did find it irritating. I can live with the fact that he's clearly a nasty bastard, and I was a nasty bastard. Mm. I can live with the fact that even I said to you before that annoys me because I feel like it's possibly you, you and I don't fully agree in this, but I feel maybe it's a bit of a pseudo version of himself because there is brilliant footage of him kind of like clearly pissed and playing, but 
laughing and joking. There's clearly that jovial musician. Ta- yeah, when he's yeah. playing, he's only he's only happy when he's playing with talented yeah. musicians. But off the stage, is an absolute arsehole. And I think he's not pretending to be that. I think that yeah. is him I, to I, his I core. Don't, I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't believe. I want, I want to make it sort of known. I don't believe it's him pretending. I just think it's, it's like if you're an if you're a knobhead by natural kind of way of being it's easy to stay being a knobhead where like you know i don't think well i don't think he i don't think he's it's helped him survive I it suppose. has but i don't think it's i don't think it's helped being... him i mean you know when you're being talked about in the sort of realms that he was as a drummer and then people don't want to work with you then 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 it, it's not it not really helped him musically has it i mean he it seems to be that he carried a chip on his shoulder with regards to what he, what he created or what other people created as well. Like I got a feeling that he very much felt an ownership towards the music making and he's surrounded by other musical mm. geniuses who we know have gone on to have much... There's no one wanted to work with him and in the 90s he had to put an ad out in Melody Maker, a music magazine, to say I'm looking for I'm looking yeah. for a work, it's because no, because he he came with such a bad press of being so awkward well, to work. Well, it's the equivalent of a, a sports person and, not being able to play with his his team. Like, doesn't matter how good they are, if he or she. But I don't think he's acting up. No, no, no. I agree. I don't. I don't think he's acting up. But I think you can actively choose to be different in different scenarios. I think you can opt to go right. Well. I am a bit of a prat, or I'm a. Well, you can, you can opt, but you can also be that person for so long. You don't know how to snap out of it, and you don't know that is you. Mm. I can't see him being any other way. No, I, I do. I, I see. I do. I, I do, and see and understand what you're saying. I just, I, do, I, I, I feel choice is is always available. Be it uh, eighty. Before he passed away, the choice was very minimal because he was who he was. Like, I still, he, he, he could have been a nicer guy when he was 25. Like, he could have been a nicer guy. You're wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, the, the issue with this is. Um... Newsly, the all in one super app for iOS and Android. How does Newsly work, I hear you ask? Well, it picks up the most trending articles on the web on topics that you choose and at any given moment reads them out in a natural human voice. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable and all in one place. Browse articles from topics that you choose and start playing. Stop scrolling and start listening. You can follow topics such as sport, tech, business, science, or even music. They have a podcast as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 80 countries. Our podcast, the rbr.music podcast, is there too. I've started using it as my default podcast app and they even have digital radio. So download and start using Newsly for free from www.newsly.me in the description. And if you use the promo code, that's R-B-R-M-U-S, you'll receive one month free premium subscription. Go and give it a go. When he got so annoyed about getting told other people will be getting interviewed and it's not just him, he got really wound up. So 
he didn't want other people talking about him on film. And the reason for that is that the interviews recount tales that depicts Baker as a deeply nasty person to be around. There's a story in which Baker gives his son a line of cocaine just before a gig and he's 14 or 15 or something, as well as a tale in which Baker has sex with his daughter's friends. He was famously cruel to his wife too. And the film doesn't hesitate to show how Baker's actions have affected those closest to him. In in one notable interview, Baker's wife, his current wife, well, well he's passed away now, Baker, but it's uh, at the time, his current wife, uh, was asked to name some of her husband's redeeming qualities. Her answer, unsurprisingly, comes in the form of absolute crushing silence. And this, for me, is one of the reasons the documentary is so gripping. Nobody, not the interviewees, nor Baker's own family, seem to know who he really is. The film cuts between conversations with the likes of Eric Clapton, in which he describes how Baker was a -a once-in-a-generation talent, but is unable to define him as a human being. To many, he is simply the best ginger baker in the world because it's the only bloody ginger baker in the world. I just think everybody is saying that he's a difficult person and maybe being an addict for so long, that is a survival mechanism. Like you need to be awkward to to keep on living. If maybe he thinks if I stop being a complete bastard, then people will get the better of me. But then he's got to look in the mirror and think, I'm living in South Africa and I'm absolutely scared. <laughs> I have nothing. I have no one. Um, so it's probably not the best idea to be that person. I don't think can be swayed too far away from the fact that I think it's just easy for him to be the way he is and he's, he's stuck who he is and... He made those decisions at some point in his life and he continued to be quite an unpleasant, not a very nice person. And it's a bit of a shame, really, because you do get the feeling that he he's in his latter... Yeah, but you're saying it's an act. No, you're no, no, saying no, no, it's no, an no, act. No, no. I'm saying I, no, no. it is him. I'm not him. saying it's an act. I'm saying you can choose not to be your natural disposition, especially when you're someone who... Well, yeah, but that's a lot of souls. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, the, the, yep, the, my point being is that, you know, you're in a band, you've got to merge and gel. I mean, you know, we've all heard the stories of, of, of the Rolling Stones and behaviours that go on, but there must be redeeming features on every single one of them to make them want to stay together as a band or, you know, other super groups over the years. Like, the, 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 they, they get drawn to each other because of their talent. It almost feels like everyone was drawn away from Ginger Baker not because of his talent, but because of his personality. And, like, you know, at some point through your life, it doesn't matter if you're highly intelligent or not, like, you'd realise, well, hang on, if I stop behaving a little bit like that, you know, maybe I'm not going to go down the path. And I just feel, for me, watching it and trying to understand the subject, trying to take the human out of it, because, you you know, with the documentary, you're often subject mattering. And I just feel that I'm watching quite... A, quite an interesting character and a very interesting story being told from a documentary point of view because it hasn't got any bells and whistles this documentary has it there's no 
major special features are that there's no there's no major kind of we've watched other documentaries and discussed it's like it's like his yeah go on, oh, so we've watched yeah. other documentaries where there's real creative twists either like it or not it doesn't really matter but, mm. but like you know the Kurt Cobain Kurt Cobain documentary watch was wonderfully like artistic in in areas this doesn't have this is this is this is quite simple journalism but it is done very um who's your man uh, uh who's your uh, your british journalist who, who, who can antagonize the americans very well tall chap oh. <laughs> uh, louis through yeah, yeah. it's very like yeah yeah it's, it's very kind of like uh, michael moore lou through like and, and i think that was obviously a bit of a cult filmmaking era as well we you know we we, we studied a lot of that at uni um I like it for that and for the documentary, even though I said to you I wasn't a massive fan, I do like the simplicity, the rawness. I even like the slightly cringy bit when the filmmaker gets hit by Baker and then he goes and has it out with him. Yeah. Say you're weird. sorry. <laughs> sorry? Yeah, it was so weird. It's like... You, it's, it's like I'm talking not really, to a toddler. Like, what, late 70s? Yeah, yeah. What, but, but but he's late seventies. He's 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 been a bastard for the best part of sixty five years or more. He's not gonna he's not gonna change and say sorry <laughs> because he 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 got pissed off by a, a journalist. Um, I mean the fact is I give the journalist quite a lot of credit because he he blagged his way into doing the whole documentary by lying and and, and saying he, he was um was he New York Times journalist who said he was reporting something New York like Times that or, yeah or someone he just made it up yeah, yeah he blagged his way. And, and fair play, like, I'm, I'm all for the chance. And that's why I think I agree with you completely. The documentary is a very... It's not massively long. I think it's about 90-something minutes, 93 minutes. Um, it's a fascinating watch because it is very simple but very raw. Um, and that could be budget purposes because he blagged it to say that's yeah. what that's where oh. it's coming from. So Ginger Baker let him into his house. So he's not going to have... Well, I don't know. It could be from a rich family. But like, he's not going to have much money to have a huge crew and stuff is he well, or team i mean I, I i i'm watch i'm watching it very much like it's the type of thing much more sophisticated but you know we could have found the budget to start the process back at the uni day you know you know like it's he got a flight to south africa he camped at um ginger's house probably got fed by ginger mm. but he took him out for dinner you know, you know what yeah, i mean yeah. it, it was all and I, 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 I like that. It's kind of like guerrilla filmmaking. I, I've got. That's no why I think this all. is so good. This is why I, I've enjoyed it so much because everything we've watched previous has been so highly polished. This just feels like, like you say, guerrilla sort of documentary making. And I think maybe I was hasty in my kind of quick statements. You saying I didn't enjoy it. I think what I think my over. I, I think my emotions were. Derived, derived by just not liking Ginger Baker. I do not like him. I, I, I don't think you could make me like him. Yeah, but he has... Watching this documentary, it has ruined the music for me. Like, yeah. there, because there is absolutely no redeeming feature in Ginger Baker, no. I find it hard to enjoy any of his music now, even though he's obviously talented. I just think what... A nasty bastard. Yeah, I, th- I think that I think that, that I can live with the the play antics on stage, and 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 and, and you know, let's face it, you know, you're, you're a musician through the what late fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. You're going through all of the eras of kind of like 
musical madness and, 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 and daft behaviour. And I'm all for that. That's absolutely fine. I think when you start hearing the stories about the way he treated, particularly his son, and his son has apps. His son, I think, is one of the best bits of the documentary because he, he talks to him, he talks about him. Like, it's emotionless, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, a lot of his children say um, they would have been better never knowing him or not even being born. Like the daughter, like they tried to have her aborted. Yeah. And she's like, I wish they bloody did. I wouldn't have had all these problems. And yeah. the lads, like the lads tries to be, Coffee Baker is his name. He tries to um, reconcile with him, become his friend. Uh, this is talked about and there's a little bit of footage of it where they're playing drums together and then Ginger Baker turns around and says, you shit drummer, you shit son, blah, blah, blah. And Ginger Baker just got up and left and that was the last time you ever saw him. I, it's like bloody hell. I can imagine, I can imagine it, 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 it plays to it but it doesn't really detail it but I can imagine Ginger Baker said a lot of things that are unforgivable, unforgivable yeah, for a lot of people over yeah. the years and it's probably because the, the relationship and obviously you know you and I um, very aware of um, Eric Clapton both our dads big big fans mm -hmm. and you know we, we Jack you know, Bruce Clapton I suppose kind of music. yeah 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 uh, just Eric Clapton's probably more commercial yeah. like music royalty if that makes sense like everyone knows yep. Eric Clapton at some point um, he does not feel the same way Ginger does about her. I mean Ginger no. Ginger refers to him as his best friend like his best friend like, he's ever had him. and no one no one will yeah. say a bad word about him and then it cuts to Eric Clapton and he's like I don't know him at all like when the going got yeah. tough I, I just left I ran away if you want to say that well, like, a bit, I don't it? know him they they refer to um, when he snuck into the band. Um, sorry, I've completely forgotten the band's name. Uh, he self-invited himself. Blind faith. You, you, Blind faith. Blind faith. Yeah, um, and, and Eric Clapton was gonna carry on playing with them, and just was like, no, I, I, like he was probably furious that like yeah, he yeah, even yeah. was on the cards. Like, and this is Eric Clapton who probably played with hundreds of musicians over the years probably had loads of people not you know not be good enough or like and it just it just says a lot and then yeah I think there's you mentioned it before as well you didn't detail you, you said that his, his current or his then wife his fourth wife had nothing really great to say and, and you sort of listen to it because it's asked that is so uneasy that is so uneasy to oh. watch I thought it was brilliant I was it's, that, like, it's almost I like I I rewound it and I counted the seconds and it's not as long as you think it is. It's actually right. only a gap of about three seconds, but it could have been like an hour. It's yeah, like it felt like an eternity. Silence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he looks at her like, and she's too scared to look at him, but, and then oh my god! But but it's the only time though. It's the only time maybe away from him talking about Clapton in the way he does do. Like he he looks for approval from her, and I I don't know is 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 it. Uh, you you said you saw fear in her. I did see fear in her, but I also saw this. I did see a wanting from Ginger to 
kind of like maybe be received and opinion yeah. but what i thought was good about the only good thing that came from that and maybe i'm over analyzing it is he gave a he gave a time to speak rather than yeah like it's like say what you want i, I don't fucking care sort of attitude uh, well, he, he does care. You can tell that he wants approval, but it's like you're your own person. I'm my own person. You know, say what you will. But yeah, she doesn't yeah, say there's, anything. Yeah, there's an element. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a very, it's a, it's a very, it's a weird but brilliant bit of filmmaking. It, 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 you know, to hold it. And actually, I think the edits between Clapton and and him and the storytelling of where it bounces back. And I think there's, I mean, there's a real. Because everyone's disagreeing with him. Everyone doesn't want to be, um, like, say... Everybody understands that it's a documentary about Ginger Baker, so they don't want to badmouth him too much. Yeah, tear him apart. But in the end, they just... They have nothing else to say. They don't... Once they've talked about his talent, they're like, he's a very hard person to... um, well, to know, and it's... Look, I, I think, I think if you're a young man behaving like Ginger Baker in modern times, you're going to be either possibly supported through some form of mental health support because there was clearly <laughs> struggles within his, in his behaviours, yeah. or, or, and I, I never get this, like how a skinny drummer seems to like. I don't know. It's just he's it, just so brazen that were people just scared of what he would do? Because let's face it, he must have come across men, you know, three times the size of him. He could have chucked him down a, a flight of stairs. But he's it, it, it's one of those. It's just skinny, angry it's men. The persona, just, isn't it? It's like persona, yeah. If yeah. he's like the type of guy that, if you got in a fight and beat him, he would turn up in a couple of hours with, like, a machete or something. Yeah. It, it's just, like, there's yeah, no yeah. point in yeah. getting stuck in an argument with him because he is yeah. mentally unstable. He, if you win the argument, he'll probably burn your house down while you're asleep. Is is That's what I got from this documentary. He is unhinged. He is unsafe person well, think, to be think, around. Yeah, and I think, obviously, the... the, the, the I mean, he seemed to get into drugs and alcohol at a very young age, which a lot of musicians of, of that era did do, of course. We know that. But he obviously had... He, he obviously had demons with, with drugs and alcohol. Um, and actually, I don't know, there's probably a lot of men who have gone through what he's gone through and, and not made it to 80 years old. So, yeah, absolutely. in a weird way, he's clearly a bit of a... Like John a Bonham and Keith and Moon, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so yeah... I, I I would definitely recommend it as a um, a, a documentary you watch. I don't think, well, my I think if you know a bit like you do, I think you'll enjoy it a bit more. If you don't know much about Ginger Baker and you forget everything we've just said, I think <clears> you'll find it very uneasy because you are. I thought it was brilliant because it was so uneasy. It was so uncomfortable yeah. to watch. It's like, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of horror movies, and this isn't a horror movie, but bear with me. It's like you're watching it. You, I suppose you don't know what you're getting yourself in for with Beware of Mr. Baker if you don't know about Ginger Baker. 
But like in a horror movie where you get thrilled because you get scared. I was getting thrilled because it was so uneasy to watch. So like in parts it was cringy, in other parts it was just unbelievable, and other parts it was just heartbreaking about his family, his son, just like, and his daughter saying, "I'd rather have been aborted," and just it was, I, I and then cut into it's, yeah, go on. It, I, I I agree. I think it's it's a, it's it's just a. It's a good story to to understand, and you probably sh- shouldn't say that about someone's life, but it you you are watching a story. That's 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 how a documentary, be it a biography or a made up narrative, it, it's a story of someone's life, and you're you you do go through the emotions watching it. You do think bloody hell, like this this bloke probably the world at his fingers, and he he. He pretty much had. He pretty much had everything that you would want as an aspiring musician, an artist. You know, he had the music, he had the fame, he had the infamy, he had the. He clearly had the girls. I mean, there's a brilliant story. I think actually one of the creative little bits actually that's in the documentary he talks of him getting his um, blue sports car in America and driving across. Um, no, flowing away. Oh he's yeah, driving yeah, across yeah. like Route sixty six sort of thing, and then he hears on the radio that. He died, which I thought was a brilliant little kind of like segue. And actually, it's one. Of, oh yeah, it's with those hookers, yeah, those prostitutes, yeah. ladies of the night. And, and he said, he said, oh, I must, I must die and gone to heaven type sort of thing. So there are some quite there, there is a, there is a there is a funny jovial kind of undertone to some of it. But I think I would have liked to have seen more of that. Maybe just add a little bit more, a kind of take you away from this horror film mentality that you're referring to, where you're like, oh shit. What's he going to yeah. do? What's he going to say? But uh, no, it, look, it, it, it's it's a very enjoyable documentary. Um, I found it very uneasy, but I do agree that that is its purpose. And I probably went into it a little bit naive. So anyone who is going to watch it, go in expecting the story of a very, very mean and nasty bastard because that's what he was. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. ultimately you will enjoy it if you go in like that. I think if I was to watch it again... Because you've seen it a couple of times, haven't you? I haven't even watched this once in preparation for this. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I'd enjoy it a lot more because, like you said, the gorilla filmmaking, the the rawness, the awkwardness, the the kind of the 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 vox pops headshots are just they're just so weird and awkward, but at the same time, brilliant. Again, it's it's you know weird, but you. It's almost like they're just they're looking for it, like. The talking heads, it's like they're looking to the director or whoever yeah. they're looking at. It, off, someone off camera, like, what do you want me to say? I don't <laughs> have no idea. Well, it's funny, actually, because... How I can be nice about him. In the Shane McGowan story that we, we, we recently discussed as well, there's the similar bits in there, and the, these are probably sort of two men of a similar age, and possibly that has something to do with kind of... Uh, men of a generation of a certain age like they're stuck in the ways that they don't really care where kind of maybe you know guys and, and girls our age can be a little bit more kind of open to wanting to deliver a better perception of themselves where i don't think i don't think ginger baker cares what anyone thinks of him they're, they're saying that there is that funny no. thing about other people being in his film and like you, know, you never really understand well i never really understood why he he didn't want that i think you've got a, a good take on that why he didn't want other people in the film? Well, because he because they know 
his his past and what he's actually like. If yeah, he's gonna say we're gonna interview your ex wives and your kids you haven't seen for years, and he's gonna be like, well, what the hell are they gonna be talking about? Yeah. And and despite so, yeah. all of the terrible things Baker did, you can't help but feel slightly sorry for the old man. Like, he spent a lifetime obsessing over his passion, an entire lifetime pursuing and enduring his legacy. Well, I think even... even... But in doing so, completely isolated himself. So, like, when I try and listen to his music, like, I listen to Blind Faith, which is just a one-off album. It's um, rec- it's not recorded very well, or produced. It's recorded fine. It's not produced very well. But I loved that album, and I remember when I had it. Well, I've still got it. Um, going out looking for more Blind Faith um, albums, only to find out they'd only ever done one. And I'm like, that's insane. How can they have ever done one? And Back in the 90s when I bought it or whatever, the internet wasn't as big as it is now. So I had no idea that Ginger Baker had just... So it does, the documentary does open your eyes to why bands fell apart um, that were so good. They burnt brightly and just, just became nothing. Like Charlie Watts said, who's also a talking head on the, um, in the documentary, it's like... He says, I listened to one of the albums, or I listened to his band and just think, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. This is going to go on forever. And it lasts about four weeks. And that sums him up. He can't, he doesn't seem to be able to control his money. He just spends it on nonsense. And he can't hold a band together because I'm guessing it's just too bloody. Awkward. I think. I think in his slight defence towards that as well. I think he obviously had a sort of a grand view of himself. But when you get introduced to him playing in the Graham Bond organisation, you, I mean, that just mm. it, that's just like it's like a can of pop just being opened, and it's just like an explosion of characters and people and drug taking, and everyone's fucking high as a kite. So yeah, yeah. You, you're watching it going, right, well, it started like that. He didn't have a slow progression into like, you didn't get a feeling like, he, you know, he, he was, he was, you know, he, he, he was there straight away. And then obviously Cream was very much kind of this passion project by Clapton and, 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 and um, uh, uh, Jack, your man Jack Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. And like, obviously, that they're in awe of Baker at the same time, so it's clearly this kind of fantastic kind of three genius minds coming together. But then it's not really it's not Gingers, is it? It's it 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 it. I think it's always probably seen a bit more Clapton's even over Bruce, but it it was more theirs than his. It's well, that's my perception anyway. And then, like you said, Blind Faith is a a flash in the pan. So it, it's it's almost like there's. No and then you have the Ginger Baker Air Force where he paid for, he thought he's made his money, so he paid for everything. Yeah. He paid for flat, like he didn't have management or anything. He just paid for everybody's fun, everybody's uh, flights to everywhere, like all the I, equipment. I, I, so I that just died a death. Get to that point. Like and that's a good, they, they, they've done some good albums, but, well, I think they did two albums, but 
Yeah, even now it just irritates me to listen to it because it's such an arsehole. Well, I mean, I think all of that is summed up by the payment for, was it the 2005 tour, was it? Where he got the five billion and he just he just blew it on yeah. up. On the horses, horses. The po- mm. and and even the polo horses is something that is so left field. And in the documentary, they do recognise that it's a bit fucking weird that this Cockney kind of nineteen sixties rock star drummer who was hooked on heroin has then fallen into polo world. But it doesn't really, you never fully understand. Like, Don't it that much. Yeah, yeah, you you just he just he just loves it, and and I like that, and that's almost like the eccentric kind of like you see these you know sort of rock gods going like retiring the countrysides of you know sort of Shropshire or Yorkshire or Kent or wherever, and mm. they go you know they buy shotguns and go shooting pheasants and wear wax jackets. Like you you, you can see the sort of eccentric <laughs> version of the chilling of life and the the calming down, but the polo thing, and then he was buying like. Like 50, 60, 70 horses at a time that he couldn't afford yeah. to. Like, it's almost like it's almost like that, you know, when someone's a lottery and they go and buy a yacht that they can afford to buy but they can never afford to run. Like, like, it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was no, going to say that. You need to feed the horses. Yes. Yeah, there's no brains to like, yeah. look after them, vet bills and yeah. Whatever, but, like, yeah. you have to give it all up. And, 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 and I suppose, he's, he's very impulsive, let's put it that way. And I think, yeah, that, 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 that sums it up. I mean, I think we, we, we've probably rattled on long enough now, really, to kind of... I think anyone listening to this would now probably go and pick this documentary up and go and watch it. I think if you have watched it, you'll probably I watch it so. again. Um, and I suppose at this point, the best, the best thing to go to is your star rating, the RBR star rating, George. Hit me up. I thought this documentary was a mess in the best possible way. It is just a difficult watch. From If you look back at all the other documentaries with um, critiques, they're all quite big budget, they're all quite highly polished, and this is just (laughs) the exact opposite. But obviously... They've had to pay Charlie Watts, Jack Bruce, um, Eric Clapton for the interview time, I suppose. But I just think it's a great bit of work to get to see who the man actually is. No words and graces. He doesn't even try and put on a false facade and then it's let slip straight from the outset is punching the documentary maker in the face with his walking cane. So what does he expect for the documentary to be? If that's, you know, he could have made it even like just absolutely horrible. He doesn't, Yeah, he doesn't need to because it's traumatising enough to watch. But you asked me for a star rating. I'd give it four out of five. Four out of five, a star rating. And actually from my research, it was pretty well received um, at the time as well, it did enter London's Film Festival. Uh, it was nominated for the is it the Grayson Award. Um, Rotten Tomatoes rate it uh, with an average of seven point eight out of ten and a ninety eight percent approval rating as well. So it has been well received. Because this to me, sorry, this to me is a documentary where it's like a fly on the wall. It yeah. is 
we're t- we're taking this all in. It's not. Yeah. Well, it's footage of yesteryear, but when it's of well, like I said, it's passed away. But when it was of the present time at the time, it's just a chubby, aggressive man, old man, and that's what you get. And you hold your rock gods in high esteem, don't you? And to see him like that, it's like bloody hell. Um, yeah. I just thought I think, it was I great. Think, I think I think that's that's yeah, as you say, that's part of the beauty of it. And I think sometimes watching a kind of a, a traditional fly on the wall documentary, probably something that we've seen many of, and sometimes they they don't really really land where this this does land. And I do, I, I do think it's. Um, uh, a piece of art that matures quite well. I think you kind of warm to it, and and I actually like it more now. We've discussed it more, so I think that's something that you know, if you do go and watch it, go and chat to your mates about it, get them to watch it because it is definitely quite a great conversational piece. So, well, it is hard work to watch, but once you get into it, it's and you go for the ride. It's just horrible in a good way in a good way to look at well, somebody's life just as a disaster jesus christ the, 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 there's your tagline beware of the baker just horrible mm. i like that jord that's that music quote absolutely horrible put that on your dvd front <laughs> well that's where we'll leave it beware of the baker go out and have a uh, watch it's actually not that easy to get a hold of we we struggled to to get a copy didn't we so You'll have to do a bit yeah, of around. You have to pay for it um, if you want yeah. to stream it on, I think yeah. it was Prime. You can't yeah. get it on Netflix. It's, and the, and, it's and difficult are, to get older. And be careful, the mistake I made is there are other YouTube documentaries named the same but aren't the documentary. So if you do come across a certain British broadcasted um, uh, documentary, uh, named the same. It, well, it's been named the same, hasn't it? It's not. It's not that documentary. Yeah. So, um, it starts as Jordan. So said, you're looking out for when you get yeah when he gets hit in the nose. Yeah. Um, that's how it starts. But there is documentaries out there, like Steve's just said, and I'm repeating for some reason that are under the same name. And it's it is still about Ginger Baker, but it's they're not that good. I think it's just to get views and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that that can be annoying if you go looking on the internet for it. Well, don't get it wrong, guys. We told you where to look. Go and find it and go and enjoy it. Nice one, everyone, for listening. And uh, please do take some time to tell people about the Music Instagram and podcasts. Um, Instagram is where you can find many, many reviews, many, many discussion points, and many, many subject matter that Jordan spends hours and hours working on daily we've had some amazing comments over the past few weeks and months and we thank you for this please keep them coming please like subscribe and feel free to leave any message good bad or otherwise and any request for reviews albums or documentaries let us know thanks for listening guys bye bye bye